Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. This is Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to our celebrity line. Actually, you know what? Uh, Joey Vitale is going to be calling us here in a second. So we'll get Joey on the line, and and then we'll we'll talk to Joey. Our first our first chat of the NHL season with Joey Vitale. I was of talking with Joey this morning at the rink. At the rink? Yeah. Yeah, yeah interested in his, in his thoughts on not only the team overall, but just kind of Tory Krug's comments. Uh, Tory Krug talking today about, you know, how, look, Time to move forward here. Uh-huh. Obviously, the uh, the situation in the off season, talking about the potential trade and things like that. Yeah, it, of course, it impacts you. But I signed for seven years, is what he said. I'm paraphrasing, but Tory Krug said I signed for seven years. I want to be here. So let's get Joey Vitale's thoughts. Joey, of course, on the call tonight. Blues and Blue Jackets pregame starting at six o'clock. Joey will be alongside Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues. What's up, Joey? Hey, boys, doing doing really good. Long off season. Certainly ready to get back after tonight. No doubt. So, Joey, we haven't talked to you in a while, man. What What is the thing that you are, if you, if you were like, all right, my biggest question heading into the season is, what would that be? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I feel like I should be prepared for a question like that, but no one's <laughs> ever asked you that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you've been asked that nine times already today. No, no, and I'm not even being sarcastic. No one's even asked me that, so this is just, this is top-notch journalism on your end. You know, uh, you know I, I, I'm excited to see what this leadership group is going to be like. You know, we talked to – Jamie was there as well. We talked to Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong a lot. You know, I think, I think an underlying issue so much of last year, which a lot of people just didn't know about, um, and, you know, yeah, the broadcasters, we got bits and pieces here and there, but we didn't probably realize the severity of it. I think last year one of the biggest issues just certainly was, you know, from the coaching staff, had their messaging, they had their systems, they had their, let's call it their um, their, their identity of how they wanted to play. You know, every good team has the coaches that come up with this formula. The next step is you give it to the leadership group, and the following step is the leadership group holds everyone accountable to that. You know, last year, uh, everyone was very upfront and honest about the fact that there was some sort of disconnection from when it went from the coaching staff to the leadership group. The disconnection came then from the leadership group in holding everyone on the team accountable. So I think in order to get this thing back on the right tracks this year, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Braden Shen. You look at the Tory Krugs and the Falks and the Parecos and certainly the younger core and Robert Thomas and Bucinavich to kind of see what that what that messaging is from the coach. And, and can this group, can this new, I would call the newish uh, group of guys that are going to be that leadership group, can they can they certainly keep everyone accountable? And when things go awry, it's not always the coaching staff trying to get things back on the track. It's the guys within the room. Yeah, good call. Joey, you talk about Tory Krug, and uh, today Tory Krug addressed the media and answered, quite honestly, he answered all the questions. You know, there was no dodging anything. There was no, no comment. Um, and I'm not so worried about what he said, but – in your eyes, the fact that he just stood there, answered all the questions, was very honest with the media, 
I mean, I thought it showed great leadership. And what I loved about it is that he said that he signed here because he wanted to be here in St. Louis for seven years, and he wants to wear the blue note. I mean, that has to carry some weight in the locker room. I think so, Jamie. I mean, you and me were talking outside the rink this morning about that. And, you know, first of all, I think it was very professional of him to just be upfront and honest and answer the questions. You know, we've seen this in the past with the Blues team. You see it in all sports, for that matter, when when things off the ice, similar to this with the contract situation or, you know, a proposal or a trade, and then the players come back. You know, let's look at Vladimir Tarasenko, for example. You know, I don't know if Vladdy really wanted to handle that head on. You know, I think that at times some questions came up, came about. And, you know, Vladdy, you know, his thing was, I just don't want to talk about this. And, we, and it was kind of swept under the rug for the most part. And and I actually think it's, it's really admirable, Tori, to get in front of it and say, hey, I am aware of what happened. I'm a human. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it stung a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he has to approach it and he has to hit it head on and he has to respond to it. You know, I think of Tory Krug and, and I think that his comments were, were so bang on. And this is what we love about Tory is, and this is one of the reasons why he signed that big deal. He, he is a competitor. We see it every day. I mean, I think he's always been a smaller guy with a chip on his shoulder. You know, you come out of Michigan and he was never drafted. I think he was basically Carolina and Boston were the only two teams that were interested. You know, he ends up going to Boston. There's that chip, never drafted, you know, not really desired or wanted. Uh, he had to prove a lot of people wrong in Boston, and he did it to the point where he made two Stanley Cup finals, still hasn't won that cup yet. And I think he still has a lot of that in him. You know, he's had a very business-like approach this training camp. I would say this is the most serious I've ever seen Tory off the ice. I, I get along great with him. We have a great relationship. We're always handing it up. We're always joking around. But I would say of all the training camps and at least the time I've been around him, this is the most business-like and serious he has been. So I think he's coming in with that business-like approach. And I think at the end of the day, that's the kind of mindset you have to have when you're either Tory Krug or anyone on this team for that matter. You know, Robert Portuzo was another one. I sat by him at the stall the other day, longest tenure blue. I almost, I almost approached him with, man, another training camp. This is kind of starting to get exhausted by you. <laughs> and he actually flipped it over. He flipped it right back on me. He's like, no way, man. I got I to gotta get dialed in here. I got to treat this like it's my first training camp. I want to get another year contract. I want to stick around this league just a little bit longer. I'm not ready to hang it up yet. So, listen, guys, there's a lot of veterans on this team that are coming out with a, with a completely different attitude uh, than they did last season. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all transpires on the ice. Yeah, Joey, that's the one thing that I've noticed, and I know you and I have talked about it uh, a little bit, but this team right now, from a leadership standpoint and I guess the culture, seems really dialed in. And now from a, a hockey player perspective, as far as the roster construction is, this to me, with the players that could potentially be in this lineup, this to me seems like the exact team that Craig Berube has wanted mm-hmm. To coach stylistically, yes, I agree. And you, and you heard Tory Crew. He he touched on it just briefly in in his press conference or or his media scrum today. He talked about how big the forwards are. I mean, if you really if you really dig in and you look around the entire league, and I did this just with the Central Division. I haven't gone beyond that just yet. But let's assume that Hayes is your third line center. Let's assume Sunquist is your fourth line center, and then on the wings you got Sammy Blay. Right, you got Torovchenko. I mean, you have players like Jake Neighbors. I mean, some absolute big, big bodies down there that can get up and they can scoot and they can move bodies. You know what I mean? So Mackenzie McEachern's another one. I'm talking a big, heavy set of bottom six. You know, this is something they have not had. Like you said, Jamie, probably in the last couple seasons. You know, ever since that Cup run, I would say they've really kind of gotten away from this. You know, you lose Sonny to a trade. 
and then you lose Alexander Steen uh, because he retired. I mean, they never really got back to that. I think they've always used the third and fourth line as an opportunity for young players to get called up and just, wow, just put them on the, put them on the third line, let them figure it out, whether it be an Alexander Robert or, or anyone like that. But now I think that they're almost reshaping this team to say, hey, the third and fourth line, not, not only do they matter, but they matter a lot because they're a huge part of our success. So I really look at this team as not being a top-heavy team in the first two lines, and then let's just figure out whoever's going to be there on the bottom two. I think they're looking for big bodies that are going to want to forecheck and hit and stay on the forecheck. You know, Jamie, you and I were talking to, to Chief last week. One of the things that really stuck out to me was that last year they were a rush team. You know, And, and I don't know if Craig Berube really – enjoyed people talking about his team saying they're a great rush team. You know what I mean? They were a great rush team, don't get me wrong. But Craig Berube, I don't think he really wants a rush team. I think he's happy with scoring off the rush, but I don't know if he wants the identity to be we're a team that can attack and hurt you off the rush. I think you want that, but you also, the other part of the identity and the other part of the, the MO of this team has to be your forechecking team, you chip in, you're going to go bang, and you're just going to beat people up. And I think that that's what is so important about having a big, heavy bottom six uh, like the forwards are, are certainly shaping up to be. Uh, Joe, we know that you uh, you got a lot of work to do for, ahead of tonight's game. So Blues, Blue Jackets, we'll let you go. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock, uh, so about an hour. So we get the, we get the pre-game. You guys have a great call tonight, and we're, we're inching very close to the regular season. Sounds good, fellas. Hey, I always enjoy these talks with you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll chat with you next week. Same. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate you.